Hello and welcome to Tales from the Engine Room, where we meet the people who make up the skiff, a co-working community in central Brighton. I've had amazing things come just from very, very simple conversations of, I have this problem. Or even just, hey, I've had an amazing result here and I want to show off to somebody. I'm Caroline Bevan. I'm a digital storyteller and I'm based at the skiff too. Across this series of eight interviews, we'll be meeting freelancers, remote workers, solopreneurs, and small team leaders, asking the question, what are you working on today? This week, we meet Tom Buck, a data-loving programmer with an entrepreneurial spirit. I have got a website which analyzes mobile phone uh, broadband speeds from around the UK. So, you know, you're using your phone, Really annoying when Vodafone doesn't work on the seafront in Brighton, for instance. And I've got a site which says, hey, Vodafone, not good in Brighton. Um, want to make some money from it, so just need to have on there, at different points, hey, here are some cheap deals for data-only plans or for mobile phones. It's an absolute nightmare and I hate it and I'm writing a system which automatically grabs great mobile phone deals and puts them on there, but... Um, Right. Yes. So, okay. So, first of all, so this 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 data about kind of co this coverage data yeah. is that's all open data. The companies are promoting it, it themselves. It is. So, anytime you type the word, if you type the word speed test into Google, you'll see a little box come up, and it will say, "Do you want to run a speed test?" And you click on that, and it shows some gauges moving, hopefully in a good direction, and then they save that in a project sponsored by Google called Measurement Labs, or M Labs for short. And they make all of this speed, all the speed test data available. Um, it's quite large and unwieldy, and you have to jump through an awful lot of hoops to get it actually working. But at the end of it, you can give or take, say, yeah, here's a speed test that happened in Brighton on this type of device on this day, and here's the end result. So that's I mean, it's interesting because there's obviously so many of these huge data sets, no matter what the subject is, there's these huge data sets floating around. But not everybody obviously has the technical knowledge, the will, <laughs> <laughs> the patience to sit and battle through these. And you've, you've done that, so you're now trying to leverage this huge data set yeah. into a business model. And that's where you are now. Yeah, I mean, I've, I view sites like this as being kind of lottery tickets, frankly. Like, I, I've been doing SEO and online marketing for a best part of, call it, I don't know, decade, 15 years maybe, and I still can't predict what is going to go well and what isn't. So I create these sites almost as a distraction from my main website so that when I'm waiting, you know, SEO is very much a marathon rather than a sprint. You know, you make some changes and then maybe if the gods are shining on you a month from now, you'll see a result. Um, and I use a lot of these sites just to distract from sitting there tapping my fingers going, oh, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Please work, please work. <laughs> um, it just about keeps me sane. Just the words SEO, I'm sure most people listening are going, it is. it feels like witchcraft most of the time. It feels like you have no idea how it works. Some people seem to know all about it, other people don't. Within reason. I mean, it's got an awful lot of very confident, not terribly nice people speaking very confidently about their mm. abilities. And because of the random nature of it, so on, no, no, you can determine things. You, you can follow a pattern for certain. Okay. Um, but because... There are so many ways of not manipulating search engines as such, but as manipulating people's uh, expectations um, that the industry is trash. Like a classic example is somebody will come along and say, great, yeah, I'll get you on the first page for 
Brighton web developer, PHP, Laravel, MySQL. I don't know, loads of technical mm. terms on that. And it's like, yeah, of course you will, because no other web page is going to have that combination of That's words, row after row after row. Very specific. Very yeah, specific. Highly specific. Yeah. So of course like, you'll be on the first page. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> Give me the first page for web developer Brighton. Now we're talking. Now we've got right? a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Wow. Oh, okay. Know. Okay. Um, so I'm really interested in, in this idea of leveraging data into a revenue model. And this is obviously the, the, the big open data conversation has been happening for, for years. And mm. I know there was a lot of dancing around it, but how do we monetize it? Because if we can monetize it, we can do more interesting things with it. So how do you begin to take, take the the data, whatever the data is, yeah. and think how you can monetize it. Like, what's that kind of thought process? It's right at the start. Um, yeah, I, my business philosophy behind all of this is that marketing defines everything. Like the the, the entire company, it's, it's all got to start from marketing. So you've got to think, okay, why is somebody going to visit my site? Very loosely, you go, oh, they're interested in internet speeds yeah. on phones. But in practice, you're going, well, why is that person interested in internet speeds on their phone? It's probably because they're moving somewhere or they're frustrated with their current speeds or like something's not right or they're thinking of getting a new phone. But either way, they want data in their hands so they can make an informed choice. And so that informed choice is where I'm thinking, okay, if I can make data that is otherwise completely inaccessible, available to, you know, Normal people out there. Normal, ah, the normal yeah, people, you know, yeah. The normal, normal most people, of us, yeah. most of us who nope. don't want to sit and jump through all the hoops that you mentioned right. earlier to Nobody get hold of this. Nobody wants to fire up Excel to check this stuff. No. Yeah, so you, it makes sense then if somebody's searching for that and then I can match them up with that. That's great, here's the data, you make an informed decision and by the way, here's some links to stuff you're going to be interested in. Right. And that really feels like, you know, a win-win when you're not shoving stuff down people's throats but it's there because they probably should be interested in it. That's, that's the ideal, at least. That's a good, solid business model. You know, creating a need for something and then showing people, well, here's, here's, the, here's the answer, oh, and also mm. here's something that kind of connects to that. And that's, um, you strike me very much from conversations we've had. You know, you seem to have that entrepreneurial spirit that you want, you're looking for something new all the mm. time. Is that, would you say that was fair? I think that's fair. I just find lots of things interesting. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on the autism spectrum to some extent and I think that is one facet of that is just going I find a lot of things in the world interesting and I want to play with them. Do you find any challenges on the spectrum? Obviously it's leading to a, an intense interest in certain things and, mm. and taking it probably further than maybe some, maybe other people would but then that means that you're turning it into something very interesting. Do you find any downsides to that as well? Is there anything where you go oh, I wish my brain didn't do that? Um, yeah lots. I think we noticed sitting across from me right now, I'm not doing a lot, a lot of eye contact, like often talking <laughs> with staring over in one corner or things like that. Um, for the projects themselves, not that many. Um, I'm not a great writer, mm-hmm. so I often get a lot of input on that. Um, did, did just to go back a few steps, I did start my current company with a, a business partner of mine, um, which hasn't worked out, like we've ended up shuffling things around a bit so I've gone back to being a solo solopreneur but uh, he Jameson did cover an awful lot of my blind spots on this uh, particularly with you know uh, what's the way to phrase it grabbing people's intent I think like, I'm not always 100% matched up on this is what people will be thinking about Why? when they're on this page or what type of copy will really work for people okay. um, 
but now artificial intelligence exists and that's covering up all of right. those spots there. So, so that leads to my next question and, and also answers another, another question that was coming up. So um, I know from sitting next to you in the office that you have a, um, you're one of the main sort of shout, shouters for <laughs> ChatGPT and the benefits of that. So is a tool like that goldmine for you in terms of just helping you generate copy and generate content in that way? Not saying it fills that mm-hmm. gap from your, your former partner, but it helps in some way yeah oh, it's, it's a massive tool and you know just i've gone from being <laughs> completely strict I've, got, I've gone from being an absolute skeptic of this technology <laughs> technology to evangelical frankly with the, the latest release um so it means that i can do things like i run a a very popular probably the number one uh, crime statistics site in the uk um if you want to find what's going on in your neighborhood or other areas or get comparisons then this site you've probably seen in your search results and uh, we've got a newsletter on there where we just send out what's been happening over the last month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I write fantastically boring copy for that newsletter if it's just me. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is very special. I mean, it's factually accurate from start factually to finish. Factually actu- accurate, you know... but soporific. <laughs> um, it's glorious. And GPT <laughs> makes my copy engaging <laughs> and makes really dull stuff like actually, yeah, good to read. That's a, and that's uh, and what uh, what a time saver, what a stress saver. Oh, the stress what, relief from it is is gigantic. Yeah, yeah or you know, just for, for any of it, just going. Oh, I need to. Here's Tom's dull copy that I would normally sit there for a day and just yeah get really quite stressed mm. and torn up inside and. And I'm you, useless at everything. Exactly, <laughs> you start tearing lumps off yourself by mid afternoon and having a cry, and eventually you power through it and you produce something which isn't great, but at least it's serviceable. And now I've got this tool where it's like, no, this actually makes stuff and work. And it gives you, if, 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 if at the bare minimum it gives you a starting point, then off yeah. you go. It's interesting, you've, you've picked up on one of the challenges that I think most people who work alone face at some point is, mm. is the blind spots that you mentioned earlier and, um, and how you overcome those and how, uh, how, how you build the things that you build on your own. And how, mm. uh, so you're obviously based at the, based at the SCIF, what is it? Does this place help with with filling those gaps that a part, having a business partner might not? You know, so almost having another person in the room, even oh, if it's someone you don't work with. Massively, massively. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You have to have the confidence to stand up and go. You know what? I am really struggling today with problem. Yeah. Or you know, it's generally sometimes have a wine in the kitchen yeah. and say, "This is. I'm really struggling with this bit." And I've had amazing things come just from very very simple conversations of i have this problem um or this is something where i'm feeling a bit or even just hey i need to boast i've had an amazing result here and i want to show off to somebody or i mean and Um, you know almost just having some even if it's just a little bit of this is what i'm working on today it could it doesn't even need to be a problem or a or a, a boast it could just be this and somebody else goes oh yeah that have you thought about x y and z so people will chip in even if you don't ask them to in a, in the best way possible <laughs> no absolutely and you know i've, I've built up a, there there's nice gift mate tom parsley you know um built up a bit of relationship with him a bit on, on where we cover each other's backs um on some design work on our respective businesses nice. where you know he'll say hey i've got this new screen can you just come and give me your opinions like you know and likewise, I'll do the same and just go, look, does this work? Yeah, yeah. Come here, what, what, what's it like? And, you know, that's invaluable. Wow. Um, and then 
um, for another one of my sites, I was really struggling with uh, getting people to engage with a few areas and uh, sign up for a newsletter. And you know, I've been round. I, th I think I've probably been speaking about this problem for about six months, maybe even a year. It has been a long time that this one has been really winding me up. <laughs> And I was speaking to Nick the other day about it, about a month ago to be precise, and he went, um, oh, have you just tried asking people, you know, they click on this, you want to see us information, just give us your email address. You don't have to sign up for a mailing list, but if you're interested, give them some check boxes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right, I've now got a newsletter that's growing out 100 people a day. Simple. Yeah, simple, and, and precisely. But I mean, I think it's and it's all down to isn't it? It's almost like a hive mind, but yeah. also the fact that you can be so close to the problem that you can't see an obvious solution sometimes. And I do this with projects yeah. I'm on, and I'll have sit down and have a conversation with you or someone else here, and I go, I've been banging my head against the wall for days now about this thing, and all you have to do is just float it to the top of the conversation, and everyone will chip in with some advice. Yeah, no, it's precisely. It, it, it's great for that. <laughs> no, you know, it always happens organically. It's never yeah. I've come in and I'm going to harangue people or just oh. get in their ear. It's always just been like, oh, I wasn't expecting to solve that. And yet somehow now it is. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime about this this place, seriously. Yeah. It's the best. Because you, you commute quite a track to come here, don't you? It is not like uh, a 10 minute walk for you, is it? No, but it, it sounds more difficult than it is. But also, you know, I'm, I'm based in Haywardsheath and that's a 15 to 20 minute uh, train journey. Okay. Um, that's a, sm a small walk. Um, but no, it, there, there is a another co-working space that is literally, I, I think I could throw a stone at it from my back room, from my, from my, my, my bedroom window, it's so close. Right. Um, but no, absolutely comes a skiff. It's got the right level of separation. Um, having a short commute is amazing. It really sets, you know, for the way my mind works, just having that 15 minutes in the morning where I don't have any interruptions and I can just sit and think about whatever, it, it's invaluable. Nice. Because I mean, if you're going to travel that, that train journey into central yeah. Brighton, obviously you could get off the, get off, off the train and throw several stones and hit several co-working spaces. Um, in fact, everywhere you look now, there are co-working spaces in Brighton. So what is it specifically about this one that, that helps in terms of the, the, what you need from, from a space? Uh, so it's a combination of the people, yeah. and also it's a home from home. Like I, know that I, I, I know that I can come here, I, can, I just know as I'm guessing how to use the space. The space works for me as much as I work for it, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, the, the self-managed side of it works really, really well. You know, we don't have somebody here who's work, sat at a desk and that is their sole role is to watch the door, see who's coming in and welcome people. Well, sometimes know, we, that would be amazing. Yeah, sometimes it would be, granted. Um, but, you know, I like the fact that if somebody wants to come and have a look, it's somebody who works, who shows them around. I, I think it's incredibly valuable. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I definitely second that. It's... It's, uh, I've visited other spaces and there's nothing quite like this one in terms of just the warmth and the things yeah. that we've talked about several times. What I'm really interested in is, is how people use their time. So how do, how do you mm. structure your day when you're here, when you're working from home? Like how do you structure your week and your day in terms of how do you get the stuff done? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> I, I have genuinely have no idea, which is not a helpful answer. Well, maybe it's um, not a structure, right? Is it more of just what comes next, or how do you yeah, make sure it all gets done? I, I have a strangely uh, focused workability, right. um, where as long as I find the work itself engaging, big caveat, um, 
then I don't have a problem just sitting down, getting work done. But you know, I've, I've, I've always got a list of different tasks I need to get done. And if I'm really struggling to get one thing done, I've got a whole list of other things I can choose from instead. I'm incredibly lucky. And that's that. shifting project potentially. So um, it can be, or it can be just something as small as um, what's a good example. Uh, I need to just add a few boxes on a website that say the speed available here is X megabits a second. That's actually that's just the that's the job itself. Yep. It's a yeah ten minute thing at best, <laughs> and I've got a whole collection of those yeah. just lined up, and it's like okay, here's a big job. I'm not enjoying it. It's winding me up. Yep. I'll just go do something easy and get my brain flowing like that instead. Nice. Um, I guess I tend to save the more uh, chewier bits of work for the afternoon. Really? Yeah, that's when I tend to get my head down and just power through stuff. So your peak, so in terms of peak hours, your kind of afternoon? Yeah, your... I mean, annoyingly, um, I, I have a family, love them to bits, they're great. <laughs> It does tend to cut off my natural working hours mm. quite severely. Like I'm, I'm always most productive between about five and seven. Oh yes. Yeah. Like, no right. So you know, by the time that's kicked in, there's parents everywhere train. going, no chance, <laughs> no chance. Get it done. Absolutely um, no chance. Right. Okay. So you're definitely a kind of a late afternoon, yeah. evening, and evening you know, worker. It's, once, I, once the girls are in bed and it's all settled down, I don't know, eight o'clock, I'll normally put in a few hours. Okay. And, uh, wow. And that's the perk of being a freelancer, right? Is that you can pick up those hours to suit you. Yeah. And it's it's amazing the amount of people I know who who, for whatever reasons, either neurodiverse or they have commitments or mm. or energy issues or you know whatever it is. Just being a freelancer means that they can go. Actually, you know, I just work, I work four hours seven days a week, or yeah. I work three days a week. And I'm currently thinking about working three days a week. And it's just nice to have that flexibility, isn't it, to just yeah, go. Completely. And you know, it's, it. it's flexibility that works in other directions too. So yeah, my, my daughter's currently, um, she, has, she has various appointments on a Tuesday morning. It's like, oh great, I can just take her for that. And it means I just shift my day back by a couple of hours. Yeah. And it's no real stress. Yeah, because no, um, one's, no, one's, no, one's, no one's going to mind that you're there because it's you that's, yeah. you are, you are the, you are the you. So what's next for you then? Because I know you mentioned the crime website. I know that's something yep. that you've been talking about um, for a while. So that is, site is driving me is, mad. Is that, so tell, so <laughs> is that your is, is that kind of your your next big next big project, or is it uh, something that's back burner bubbling away? That one is bubbling away a bit. Okay. So this crime statistics website, Crime Rate Code UK, is an unexpected hit. It's my most successful. If you're just looking at vi the number of people visiting it, it's my most successful site ever. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, no one on there wants to buy anything. No one on there wants to spend any money, which all makes sense. And with hindsight, I mean, um, the that site, funnily enough, the only reason I created it was because I was dealing with quite severe burnout um, at the start of 2021. Um, you know, after mm -hmm. all that lockdown nonsense, I was just spent. Oh, yeah. And I discovered that the police release open uh, crime data, and I was like, oh, this no one's really doing the, like taking this data and presenting it in a nice way, mm -hmm. and. It was great. I just ran with it for two weeks solid, had you know, well of a time. Yeah, of course. Um, aside from the subject matter, and yeah, got the site out there, and it, it, it was like somebody had lit torch paper on these. It just went. Psh. Wow. Um, so anyway, that's now building a decent newsletter on it, and you know, numbers on that are growing. Haven't figured out how to monetize that, but we shall see. I mean, I, I prefer quite low key monetization if it's all possible. 
But anyway, that's one on the back burner. Um, Fairness Net Report, which is where the bulk of our company's money come from. That's a yeah. broadband comparison site. That's hopefully just going to keep on chugging away, picking up maintenance. Uh, what else do I have? I've got company data site at sparklines.co.uk. That one is, yeah, that one's bubbling away. My care home site one is bubbling away. Ooh, the mobile data one is bubbling away. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm tempted to start looking at open uh, energy data. Yes. It feels like that's starting to open up a bit. And I, I'm not sure what, but it feels like there's, they, they could be something interesting there. Especially because of the current climate, literally. But, you know, there's, yeah. energy is such a hot topic right now and it will continue to be for you know, the foreseeable future. Getting some kind of way of harnessing that data would be... Yeah, and it, but it's, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the angle is. I mean, all my sites are based around geographies mm. and, you know, I'm always interested in... I live in Haywardsheath. How does that compare to Brighton for X? Yes. Whether it's care homes, whether it's broadband, whether crime, it's energy, whatever, crime, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, so that, that's the, and I'm not, I, I can't quite figure out the angle for energy on that yet, but I'm curious to see if there is something. That's really interesting. <laughs> Tom, that was wonderful. I've got a couple more quickfire questions, although they never end up being quickfire. We've just had lunch. What was for your lunch today? My lunch today was the sweet chicken poke bowl. From the Japanese place on the corner of Sydney Street. Is that Kito Kito? That's the one, yes. Kito, I think that's what so it's called. Good. So good. Kito Kito on Sydney Street is. Yeah. It's and, and that's a Friday tradition? Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> as my have alluded to at the start of this, yeah, there's, there's some things where it's like it accidentally became a Friday tradition and now it is entrenched. Like there is no it choice. Has to be. And, and is it true I, that at one point somebody tried to not have to? Uh, Pokeball on a Friday and you tried something different and it, it did it not. It was disaster. Disaster. I, I, I still can't quite forgive him for that. That, that was Tom. This is Tom Parslow again. Yeah, he, he stuck his foot in. He was like, Troublemaker. No, not going there. I, I, it was disaster. Traipsed around North Lane for ages. Everywhere else was shut. Ended up having the world's worst toasty from the station. Oh, it's unforgivable. Still angry about it. Pokeball Friday. Yeah. It's a tradition. <laughs> um, now, obviously, you live in Haywards Heath and you, you work in Brighton. If you didn't live in Haywards Heath, mm -hmm. where would you live? UK or worldwide? Oh, that's a tricky one. Uh, do I have my kids with me? <laughs> Let's yeah. say this is post-kids leaving post -kids. home. Oh, where know. would I you mean, retire, maybe? I don't know. That's good. I mean, in a perfect world, yep. you know, this is serious money. So yeah, you, know, yeah, you, money. you need to have you know, your nice London bags There's no object, yep. You know, I, I do miss London an awful lot. I love London. Um, <laughs> Pad in Brighton, obviously. Of course. And then I just need a big house in the countryside where I can play really bad, really loud electric guitar without anybody complaining. I love this. I love the fact that your answer to this question is not, you know, desert island or I'd like to live in the Bahamas. It's actually several different pads, like mm. a pad in London, a pad in, in Brighton, and then something in the countryside where you can stretch your different different yeah. parts of your brain. I, and rock out, you know? I love that. I love that. Um, and if you could earn the same doing any job, what would you do? I always wanted to be a hotel lounge pianist. Really? Genuinely. The, when I was uh, looking at going to university right around the turn of the century, mm -hmm. God, that makes me sound old. When I was looking <laughs> to go to university around the, the turn of the century, I was looking at music courses yeah. and uh, yeah, I've been studying classical music, I've got all those qualifications and all that stuff, um, moving into jazz. And it eventually came down to quite a stark choice of 
go to university and struggle and earn a degree which has got nothing to do with IT or anything like that. Or go and work for a dot-com in, in London and earn stupid money on day one. And yeah, I followed the dot com, and it was a lot, a lot of fun while it lasted. Yeah. But uh, no, I would, would still love to have been playing the girlfriend Panema in the corner of a lounge. Wow! And where would that lounge be? Like some? Have you have you got like have you kind of built out the dream? Are you in some kind of, you know, nineteen forties Vegas? Have, oh, you, have I... you got like a world that this exists in this bar? Um, yeah, I, did, I was thinking that, but kind of like, yeah, London's where my heart is. I okay. think for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, somewhere a bit, bit. It's a bit and sawdusty. It can't be too glamorous. Not seedy Soho. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know. Like, as long Maybe as somebody some... appreciates, you know, and this is dedicated to this lady in the corner. And you can find out more about Tom's broadband speed website at fairinternetreport.com. And Tom himself is on Mastodon at tom at cow.army. If you're interested in working alongside people like Tom and myself, then head to theskiff.org. And don't forget to subscribe to Tales from the Engine Room. And we'll see you next time.